Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh and a very good evening. Welcome to the airways of The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and of course it is Q&A on The Voice of the Cape with myself Muhammad Zain Machid uh, taking your questions via SMS only this evening on the number 47913 that is 47913 taking no calls but remember you are more than welcome to send us your questions via SMS on the number 47913. Well answering all of your questions we welcome the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Assalamu alaikum, Mufti. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Jazakallah khairan, Brother Muhammad Zain. Barakallahu feekum. MashaAllah, how's Mufti keeping? Alhamdulillah, very well. Make dua, Almighty Allah makes it easy for all of us, inshallah. Amen, inshallah. Well, we go straight into our very first question this evening. It says, Salam, Mufti, can a lady have male friends? Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Nahmaduhu wa nuswalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Amma ba'd. All praise is due to Almighty Allah, the sustainer, nourisher, and cherisher of this universe. Peace, blessings, and salutations be upon our beloved master and leader, Nabi Muhammad Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla wants the Muslim Ummah to live in a society where there is no fornication, adultery, where there are no illegitimate children. So what Islam does, Islam cuts off all this from the root. Therefore, Almighty Allah says, Wala taqrabu zina, do not even go near and approach fornication and adultery. Wala muttakhidina akhdan, wala muttakhidati akhdan. For a female to have male friends or a male to have female friends, all that is unacceptable in Islam. Shukran indeed. Uh, going on to our next question, it says, uh, Mufti, is it okay for a Muslim to use a family member as a maid and pay a 30 rand a day? Obviously, that you know, you can't be using family members and exploiting them because of their poverty and so forth. But what you should do is that if you want to employ them and that person there is happy, not that you are exploiting the person, then is a different issue. So my advice will be in this case that we need to ask that person who's working that are they happy or it is just they are being exploited. And then the second thing is can't they get a better job than working there for measly 30 rand per day? You know how costly things are today. Well, of course, taking your questions via SMS only this evening on 47913. That is 47913. And remember, we're still taking uh, answering questions that we have received in the past week. So taking your questions, SMS us on the number 47913. Now, Mufti, if you have not consummated your marriage, that is, of course, having had a sexual relationship uh, with your wife, can you continue your wife for more than three years? Are you still married? Subhanallah, it's a very, very bizarre and strange question. The couple are married for three years and still he hasn't consummated. Maybe he's up past six or his biological clock has stopped. Allah alone knows. <laughs> but what you need to do is the marriage is valid. There's no question about that. But here, two, three words of advice. Either you, brother, that you have to go and get yourself checked up. There's something wrong, you know. 
Or secondly, maybe you are trying, but you are not successful. Then take your wife and get a surgical incision done, and then you can continue a happily married life. And third one, if for real something is wrong, then you need to get some, uh, you know, medication or maybe an operation. You go to need to do your doctor and so forth, urologist, and he will sort you out, inshallah, and then you'll be firing on all cylinders, inshallah. Inshallah. The voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, the program being Q&A on the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Now, can Mufti elaborate on the camel hump or beehive, as they call it, the type of turban Muslim women are wearing? Is it permissible in Islam? Does it qualify as hijab? Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more than 1400 years ago spoke about this and said Sinfani min ahlin nar, two groups of people, they will land up in the fire, walam arahuma, I have not seen their meaning, they were not prevalent at that time. One were the men primarily, qawmun ma'ahum asiyat, the men who have the whip, and they lash the people with it and cause oppression and tyranny. And second, wanisa'un kasiyatun ariyatun ma'ilatun mumilat, those ladies who think that they are dressed and they will be naked in the year after because they wear transparency through clothing and they want to entice the opposite gender and so forth. And on their head they have like the hump of the camel, the beehive, whatever you want to call it. Lam that even the fragrance of Jannah they will not get. This is authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim in the chapter Kitabul Libas was Zina, the chapter on clothing and beautification. So therefore, sisters, this is definitely not permissible in Islam. Now Mufti, my mom passed away and her will stipulated that if her property is sold, her half should be given to her children. But my father changed the mom's will and after her passing away and he has all the money. Is this permissible? It's totally haram what the father has done and Almighty Allah give him guidance. You, the heirs, should go to father and show him the Quran Kareem, Surah number 4, Surah Nisa, verses 13 and 14. If you do things properly, according to the Qur'an and the Sunnah, وَذَٰلِكَ الْفَوْزُ الْعَظِيمُ That is a supreme success. وَمَنْ يَعْصِ اللَّهَ وَرَسُولَهُ Surah 4 verse 14 Who disobeys Allah and His Messenger sallallahu They go and change the world. They go and take all the and usurp the shares of the heirs. يُدْخِلْهُ نَارًا خَالِدًا فِيهَا That person, Almighty Allah, will dispatch him to Jahannam and the fire. For a very, very long period, walahu azabu muhin, and for such a person will be a humiliating, disgraceful punishment. So it shows that this is a major, major sin. So that's my advice to you. And if your father does not listen, then you can take him to court also and tell them that he usurped your rights. So all that will be permissible. The husband that is your father is only entitled to 25%, and then the remainder should come to the children if your mother's parents are not alive. So 25% to her husband, that's your father, and the remainder, 75%, to the sons and daughters, the ratio 2 to 1. Not taking any calls this evening, but we're taking your SMSs on the number 47913. That is 47913. And do remember that SMSs are charged at 1 and 50. Now, Mufti, what is the Quranic advice regarding organ donation? Regarding Quran, all Allah states, 
وَمَنْ أَحْيَاهَا فَكَأَنَّمَا أَحْيَ النَّاسِ جَمِيعًا Who saves the life of a person? It is as though as he has saved the life of humanity. So it shows that that is a great thing to do. And Almighty Allah has mentioned this in Surah 5, Surah Ma'idah, verse number 32. So Almighty Allah is encouraging us to become proactive and remember whether we are donating to a Muslim or a non-Muslim or receiving from a Muslim or non-Muslim. All is permissible. However, one point, we must be circumspect and be very careful. We cannot be buying or selling the organs and the limbs of human beings. That's totally haram. Shikar, indeed. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Q&A, taking all your questions here on Q&A. And, of course, being answered, you heard the, the voice there of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain. Next question, Diman Squat says, Salam, what is Islam's view on the nagging wife sometimes during Ramadan before sunrise that the husband does not even feel he wants to come home? We'll get comments from Mufti after this. Welcome back to the airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and of course uh, the program being Q&A and we continue now taking your questions via SMS on the number 47913 and of course we're not taking any calls this evening. The question we posed Mufti before the break it says Salam what is Islam's view on the nagging wife sometimes during Ramadan before sunrise that the husband doesn't even feel he wants to come home Mufti? Yeah, both parties are to blame. The wife is to blame because she goes on with the nagging, nagging, like an old record that is stuck one place, you know. <laughs> so, sister, instead of bringing your husband nearer to you, you are sending him further away. So, definitely, you need to stop that. And remember, you are harming your marriage and you will harm your children also, if you have children, that is. And why the husband is to blame? You, the husband, you should be the one to start the ta'aleem in your house. Take Riyadhul Salihin daily, and then you read the Hadith Sharif of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It is the duty of the husband, of the father, that we need to create that environment in our homes. And the mother's duty as well it is. So in that way, start the ta'alim, ta'allum, teaching, learning process. And you will see, inshallah, if you do it daily and punctually, for 10 minutes, Almighty Allah will bring a great transformation in your home, inshallah. Shikha Mufti, now can Mufti please confirm if you have a pension fund whether you should physically take out the money from your finance institute to give zakah or can you use from the monthly payments that you get to give zakah from that money? Any money you can give, you don't have to take it out directly from that money where it is lying in the bank. For example, you got money under your mattress and so forth. The other day I read a nice cartoon. They said many politicians are suffering from back pains. And why are they suffering from back pains? Because they're putting a lot of money under their mattress. So anyway, if you've got money under the mattress or wherever <laughs> else, and you pay from that money, so that also will suffice. There's no problem with this. Shikandia. Indeed, good advice there for the back pain, Mufti. On to our next question. It says, uh, can a person make bay'ah and, uh, to more than one sheikh? If a person takes a bay'ah with one sheikh, so that is permissible. And if you want to leave your sheikh and go to another sheikh, 
then it is only ethical that you should write a letter or inform the first sheikh that now you are severing ties with him and you should not be insulting, just tell him there's no munasaba, we are not suitable, compatible for one another, and therefore I'm leaving ABC and I'm going to XYZ. It's like a person is ill and now he went to a doctor and he didn't find much joy by the first doctor, so you leave that doctor and go to the second doctor and inshallah the second doctor will be better. So that is a very similar example of this. There's no hard feelings or anything. Now, Mufti, is it true that we can't use products from the Dead Sea? If so, then why not? I give you an example so you will understand the authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim. There's a place called, you can Google it also, Madain Salih. Nabi Salih alayhi salatu salam was sent to these people and then they demanded from that mountain you bring the she camel. So all that was done, yet what they did, فَكَذَّبُوهُ They rejected Nabi Salih alayhi salam فَأَقَرُوهَا And they murdered and hamstrung the she camel. فَدَمْدَمَ عَلَيْهِمْ رَبُّهُمْ بِذَنْبِهِمْ Because of their vices and sins, all Almighty Allah crushed them to pieces. So it shows that that land was punished. When Mustafa sallam, in the 90th of the Hijrah, during the month of Rajab, was going for the expedition, the Ghazwai Tabuk, and they passed that route there. So Nabi salam told them, when you pass here, you should go back in, you should pass through that crying, and don't go and eat and drink there and so forth. So it shows where Allah's punishment came. We should not even go to such places, and if we go there, we should take Ibrah and lesson. So therefore, we all know that where the Dead Sea is of Bahrul Mayyid in Palestine is the lowest portion as far as altitude goes. Nothing survives there in the sea because of the salt, extreme amount of salt. So we should go just for Ibra and lessons, but not using the products is not permissible. Shikhan, indeed, taking your SM, your questions via SMS on the number 47913. And a reminder, we're not taking any calls uh, this evening, but we're taking your SMSs on the number 47913. Keep your questions brief. It will make it easier. We'll see the entire text. And also, very importantly, please type out the words fully. Don't come with source, uh, short messaging because otherwise it makes it difficult to read. This question, Mufti, is it possible to see the awliya that has passed on? Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us in the Noble Quran, Allah inna awliya Allah ila khawfun alayhim wa lahum yahzanun. The awliya Allah for them there is no fear and no sadness. And then in front Almighty Allah says, Lahumul bushra fil hayati dunya wa fil akhirah. For them there is great tidings in this world. In this world Almighty Allah will show them dreams that they are accepted in the court of Allah and in the year after as well. Sometimes it does happen that you see the awliya Allah in the dream and then they are happy because you are carrying out the instructions or you see them and they are sad because now we are not following their teachings and so forth. So yes, it could happen that you see them in a dream. Now Mufti, my aunt and husband reconciled after a talaq within the Idda period. After, are there any particular steps that they need to follow? Must they go back to the imam again who administered their wedding in the first place, Mufti? There's no need to do all that. If the husband gave his wife one talaq, a raji'i, a revocable divorce, or two, then during the iddat, if he took her back, then there's no need to go back to the imam. However, it's good that you just make two people witnesses. 
that ABC gave his wife XYZ talaq and now during the Iddah took her back. Now you need to understand this much, dear brother, that if you gave her one talaq and you took her back, so for future purposes you have two talaqs left. If you gave two talaqs and you took her back, so for future you only have one more talaq. That is very important for you to understand. And then there's a listener that said uh, previously, Mufti, answered the question uh, regarding, is it true that an elderly person does not uh, have to perform salah? If Mufti can just uh, give some clarity on that answer again, please. We never ever said that the elderly person must never read salat. We say till a person is sane and mature, then he or she must read salat. But obviously, if the person is gone mad or senile and no more in their senses, then all might Allah Jalla Wala states, La yukallifullahu nafsan illa usaha, that Allah does not burden any person more than his or her ability and capability. So it doesn't mean a person reaches the age of 70, 80, 90, automatically there's no salat, there's no such thing in Islam. The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM, the Voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein, the program being Q&A, you're with Muhammad Zain Majid, and of course taking your questions via SMS only on 47913. Next question, it says, I'm a second wife, my husband never sleeps over, he's scared to lose his first wife, but also does not want to leave me. We'll get a comment and advice for this gentleman after this. Well, we continue with our Q&A program here on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and only taking your SMSs, uh, your questions this evening, rather via SMS on 47913 and not taking any calls this evening. And remember, we're still dealing with a lot of questions also that we have received previously. That says, I'm a second wife. My husband never sleeps over. He's scared to lose his first wife, but also does not want to leave me. Mufti? Obviously, what the husband is doing is un-Islamic. You need to read Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 3. Almighty Allah, Jalla Wala states, If you fear you cannot do justice to both the wives, then one wife only. Now, where is the justice in this? This person there goes to the second wife daytime, treats her like a mistress or a spare wheel, and does his full, fulfills the conjugal rights and his desires. But he doesn't want to leave the first wife, so he doesn't want to make mabit. Mabit means spend one night, one night, one week, one week, whatever they agree on. So he wants his bread buttered on both sides. So you, sister, the second wife, you have all the right to object. Unless you are willing to forfeit your rights, then it's a separate, then it's a separate issue. Now, Mufti, what do I can I make to forget my ex-husband as he remarried, but I still love him? Obviously that he is a strange person to you and now all the memories are flooding back. So whenever you think of him, say, A'udhu Billahi Minash Rajim. This is the shaitan playing mind games with you. The Quran Kareem states, Wa imma yanza is When the shaitan brings an assault and attack, then seek Allah's protection against him. So read A'udhu Billahi Minash Rajim and ever these negative thoughts come. Similarly, read La Hawla Wala Quwata Illa Billah and abundant istighfar, and you will forget him and remember Allah more, inshallah. Now, Mufti, I find it hard to sleep on my side, but on my stomach, I sleep more peacefully. Am I doing something wrong for not sleeping on my right hand side? 
What you need to do is when it is time for sleeping, so that first 5, 10, 15 minutes, try and sleep on your right hand side. Read the Aital Kursi, the last three Kuls, Kul Wallah, Wahad, Kul Aoud, Rabbil Falak, Kul Aoud, Rabbil Nas. And then you blow on yourself and so forth. And thereafter you try and fall asleep. Deliberately don't go and sleep on your stomach because Mustafa sallallahu sallam said when he saw one person sleeping like that, la Allah. It is such a manner of sleeping that Allah does not like it. So it is undesirable deliberately to sleep like that. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Next question. My father is married for 30 years to a woman 20 years younger than him. He is 85 and she refuses to look after him. They don't have any children together. What can be done in this situation? Obviously that if he married her and he wants her and she is not interested in looking after him, so he has many options. Number one, he can divorce her. Number two, he can refuse to speak to her for a few days. Number three is this, he can tell her to go back home or tell her parents to pick her up and have a temporary separation. So there are many, many options, but the main thing is he must decide what he wants to do. He is old and nice and will regret the decision he took. Shikha Mufti, now is the reward the same if you read the English Quran and you can't read Arabic? Almighty Allah Jalla Wala states in the Noble Quran, Bilisan in Arabiyim Mubin. Yet another place, Inna Jalnahu Quran and Arabiya. So definitely the Quran Kareem is the one that is in Arabic. Everything else, the translation of the Quran is not Quran. So you will not get the same reward. And you must make a concerted effort to learn the Arabic, at least how to read the Arabic. Then your reward will be much more. So my advice to you, that the translation you can always do afterwards. But in the meantime, try and learn the Arabic alphabet. Next question, it says, my husband refuses to draw up a will. We're not so young anymore. I've been asking for over 25 years. I don't know what to do anymore. Obviously, you need to call the imam or the sheikh and tell him to tell your husband. And you should show him Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verses 13 and 14. If a person dies with the will and correctly, according to Islam, then that is the supreme success with Radical Fawzul Azim. And a person dies intestate. Intestate means without the will, then the law of the land, the country, South Africa's laws will come into effective and become effective. Obviously, that is against Islam. And then there are major, major serious consequences. Wallahu adabu muhin for such a person is a terrible, humiliating punishment. Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 14. She can indeed, Mufti. Now, Mufti, I'm divorced for two years, but I'm moving on with my life. And in fact, I got a proposal from someone else. But now my husband, my ex-husband, he wants me back. He didn't say in so many words, but I, I can sense the way that he's talking to me. How do I tell my ex-husband I'm moving on some, some, with someone else, which is very difficult for me to do because I don't like hurting both of them, Mufti? No, you've got nothing to do with your ex-husband. He's a stranger to you, and you must move on with your life now. You had a better experience with him. Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La yuldahul mu'minu min juhrin wahidin maratain. A true believer does not get stung from the same place twice. So once button twice shy, as we say, is authentic hadith in Mishkat Sharif. So sever all ties with your ex-husband. Don't speak to him, no BBM, no WhatsApp, nothing. 
and now you've got the proposal, so you get married as soon as possible and continue with your life with your new husband, get married to him uh, uh, as soon as possible. Inshallah, next question, I just hope I get the pronunciation right. It says, why did Nabi Musa alayhi salam, uh, had to get the knowledge from Giza uh, as, uh, at Giza, salam, he could have speak, spoken directly to Allah? Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us the story of Nabi Musa alayhi salam and Hazrat Khizr oh, alayhi Khizr. salam. <laughs> Khizr alayhi salam means the one wherever you sit, that area, that place you should turn green. So therefore Khizr. Now the brother asks a good question. Why did Allah Ta'ala not just reveal what to Musa alayhi salam? You see that is why it's important and imperative we must understand the Sababun Nuzul. Why were these verses revealed? Then you will understand it's mentioned in Bukhari Sharif that one day Nabi Musa salam, delivered a sermon, a khutbah, and the people were so impressed they asked Nabi Musa salam, Man nas, who has the most knowledge in the world at that time? So he said, Ana I. So this answer Allah Ta'ala disliked. He should have said, Allah Alam, Allah alone knows. So to show Nabi Musa salam, there are other servants on earth and they have certain branches of knowledge which you don't possess. And then Almighty Allah sent him to Hazrat Khizr alayhi salam. Read Surah Kahf, chapter number 18 and verses number 60. Write for two, three rukus and then you will look, see the whole story. Three incidents and long. But all that is in Surah Kahf from verse 60 onwards. Shukran indeed. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. That is 91.3 FM. The Voice of the Cape. Uh, not taking any calls this evening, but we're taking your SMSs on the number 47913. That is 47913. Mufti, I got an egg with Allah's name on it. Can Mufti explain? Is there any significance about this? Almighty Allah Azza wa Jalla tells us and informs us in the Noble Quran, Sanurihim ayatina fil afaqi wa fi anfusim. We will soon show them our signs in various places, sometime in the heavens, in the sky, sometime other places, sometime within themselves, to make it manifest and clear to them that He, Allah alone, is the truth. Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Quran is the truth. So all these are called ayatullah, the signs and the symbols of Almighty Allah. You can keep it or you can eat it, so all is permissible. Shikran indeed. Namufti, I'm a young lady. I met a guy who is 10 years older than me. He's currently studying Hafs, uh, alhamdulillah. He was married before and has children with his previous wife. What should I do as a young lady and a daughter? As for, I would like things to go further and marry the guy as he's a student of Dean. My father, ever do not want uh, to, us to see each other. Can we please give some advice? I agree with your father, sister. You are just getting carried away. There are many other people who are studying the Dean. So you have to listen to your father now. And you cannot have contact with this person, nor can you marry this person in future. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, is an authentic hadith in Abu Dawood, Tirmidhi, Nasai, la nikaha illa bi waliyin nikah is not permissible except with the permission and consent of the father. So you have to listen to your father now and make sure you sever all ties with that person there. Now, Mufti, is it true that Dajjal, the Antichrist, will come with a rain of drums uh, that people so used uh, to the sound of drums? 
will follow Dajjal into Jahannam. If it's true, why do they play drums in Islamic songs as well? Here there are two, three issues. You must remember Dajjal means the big, big deceiver. Second one, the authentic hadith in Sahih Muslim, that Nabi alayhi salam said Dajjal will come from Isfahan and 70,000 Jews will be with him. And his aim will be to deceive people as much as possible. So now about the drum story and all that, that the people will follow him or he will come with drum, that is not mentioned in authentic hadith. But remember, this is mentioned in Quran. That you, the shaitan, you go and incite people with your voice, so the voice of music. And you see today what, what thing is happening in the musical industry, the rock and roll, the hip-hop, and I don't even know what, what. So remember, all that definitely is haram. The only instrument that is permissible is the duff. You can call it a tambourine without jingles on happy occasions like a nikah or walima and when the mujahideen are victorious. So that is what we need to understand. Shikan Mufti, um, going on to my next question. Is it true, Dajjal? We've got that one. Mufti, my husband has been abusing me physically and emotionally. He also um, abused our two boys. I want to talak him. How do I go about his swears? under the Quran, that if I am going to leave, he will kill me. I don't have any family to help. What you need to do, sister, is three things. Number one, make dua to Almighty Allah, Surah 54, Surah Qamar, and that is just before Surah Rahman. So Surah 54, Surah Qamar, the moon, verse 10, Anni maghloobun fantasir, O Allah, I'm overpowered and I'm overwhelmed. You assist me, you defend me, O Allah. So dua is very important. Second, go to the MJC, go to the ulama organizations, and go and apply for a fasakh and annulment of your marriage. Third one, and I strongly advise you to do this, he has physically abused you, emotionally, mentally abused you. He has abused your children as well. You need to go to the police and get a protection order and lay a charge against him for assault against you and for harming your children as well. This person doesn't seem to be a normal person, so he is a menace and a threat to society. Now, Mufti, my nephew won 2.5 million at Grand West Casino. He now went on Hajj. Can he use that money on his wedding as well, which will happen in December? Obviously, the Hajj and all that is not uh, accepted with haram money from gambling and casinos. And to make, a, you know, have a big wedding and buy cars, all that is haram money. So what he needs to do is repent and thereafter take all that money and give it away in charity to the poor Muslim or non-Muslim. But for him to perform Hajj or Umrah and buy cars and have a grand wedding, so all that is haram because that money from A to Z is haram. Can Mufti please give some nasiha? I'm no angel. My son did something. Uh, now see, don't speak to me. I am so tired of this. Obviously that, you know, the children must respect the parents. Even if the parents have shortcomings, for example, that is the beauty of Islam. 
Next question, Mufti. It says, what is the minimum time that a person can spend on Muzdalifa during the days of Hajj, Mufti? Regarding excellent question, when a person comes from Arafat, you will leave Arafat to go to Muzdalifa. Inshallah, this year Arafat will be on a Monday, so that Monday night, so you will go from Arafat to Muzdalifa after sunset. Remember, you have still not performed your Maghrib Salat. So Muzdalifa means to combine, you will combine your Maghrib and Isha Salat there. The Shafi is say, whatever time you come, 8 o'clock, 9, 10, 11 o'clock, so you wait till sun, till midnight, after sunset you left, so you wait till midnight, and after midnight then you read your salat already, Maghrib Isha, now you can proceed from Muzdalifa to Mina. And the Malikis, they say that you can just make Nuzul there. Nuzul means that you just take your luggage, leave it down there, and you read your Maghrib Isha, and then you can leave. That is a Maliki school. So he chose it even easier, according to the Malikis, compared to the Shafi'is. Hanafis say, no, you have to spend the whole night there, or a portion of the night, even after midnight, because you must be there Fajr time, and after Fajr, you make Hukuf and Muzdalifa for a few minutes, so that is the Hanafi school, so that is where you get all the differences. The Hanbali school is like the Shafi'i school. Shukran indeed, Mufti. Next question, it says, if someone is miserable all the time, what advice can I give this person? If a person is feeling miserable, down and out all the time, so you need to give him or her something to cheer them up, tell them to read Surah 21, Surah Anbiya, verse 87. La ilaha illa anta subhanak inni kundum al-zalimin. Tell that person that he or she must read this, and then their worry, sorry, anxiety, all will disappear, and they should focus on the bounties which all Allah has conferred and showered them with. Shikran indeed. While we continue with Q&A, taking your calls on 479, or rather your SMSs on 47913, that is 47913. Please keep your questions short and please type it out fully, meaning the words done, type it out short message. That makes it very difficult for us to to understand. That's why earlier on I couldn't even make out the word hither. It was as Giza. That is what I read. So apologies for that. Continuing now taking your questions. And it says, my son... Uh, 
uh, ex-wife, Tan Murtad, got married again, and a grandson is Christian. When she remarried, can my grandson inherit from us, Mufti? Remember that when that lady became Murtadda, she left Islam, so obviously now she's totally out, and now that son there, his lineage will go to her, to that lady there, so now you cannot, she cannot, that son cannot inherit from you all. And because you must remember, he himself is also a Christian now and is out of the fall of Islam. So non-Muslims cannot inherit from Muslims and Muslims cannot inherit from non-Muslims. This is ijma and consensus on that issue. Mustafa Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, La yarithul muslimul kafir, walal kafirul muslims. Muslim cannot inherit from non-Muslims and vice versa. So no inheritance. Indeed, Mufti. And then coming on to our next question, it says, uh, we find that ulama is divided upon the opinion regarding oral sex. We find some ulama saying that there is no clear-cut evidence in the Quran to say that it is haram. So how come we find people for, ulama for and ulama against, Mufti? Obviously that people will try and justify their own actions. Maybe these ulama, some of them, they want to do this oral business, so they try and justify it, you know. I'm giving you Quran, I'm giving you Hadith, and I'm giving you reasons. Now listen to Quran, Surah number 2, Surah Baqarah, verse 222. Almighty Allah states, now the lady was in menses, right, the hayth. So once you must remember that lady now, she took her first gusal and her compulsory bath and so forth. Then then you come to her. It means now you, the husband, can come to the wife. Where Almighty Allah has commanded you. Now this is in Surah 2, verse 222. Just go to the next verse. What does Almighty Allah command the husband to do? Where must he go? Nisa'ukum harsulakum, that your wife are your plantation and your tilt. Fa'atu harsakum annashitum, go to your tilt. So what is the tilt? Is it the bottom, the private part, or is it the mouth? So obviously, if a person must be blind to say it is not in the Quran, so that's number one. Number two, when the Sahabas came to Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, that you know about haya and shame and modesty. So Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-haya wa shu'batu min al-iman. That shame and modesty is a part and it is part and parcel and integral part of our iman. It's authentic hadith, you know, in Mishkat and Mustan Ahmad and various compilations. Third one, you know when a husband and wife are fondling, caressing one another, then there is discharge of mazi. Mazi is pre-seminal fluid. Before the money, the semen, and that gets discharged. So this mazi, the pre-seminal fluid, according to all scholars, the Shafi'is, the Malikis, the Hanbalis, the Hanafis, is najis, is impure. So Allah forbid, Allah forbid, now the husband puts his private part there in the wife's mouth, so definitely, without a shadow of doubt, mazi will come out. It's like taking urine or blood or alcohol and putting it in someone's mouth. How can we say it is totally permissible? So definitely it's unacceptable, and that is the verdict of majority scholars.
Shikran indeed. On that note, we're going to leave it there now, inshallah. What we'll be doing is break for the Wakt of Maghrib. When we come back, we continue taking your questions via SMS on 47913. And of course, stay tuned. We'll be back after this. Welcome back to the Airways of the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM. And of course, we're still taking your questions via SMS on the number 47913. With myself, Mohammed Zain Machita, and answering all of your questions, none other than the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Going on to our next question, uh, Mufti, in this round it says, uh, Mufti, if I have given my wife three talaks, is there any way that we can remarry? And a question that we often get on this program, Mufti. Yes, people are always looking for loopholes and for shortcuts. You must go to the Quran and see what the Quran Kareem states. All my talaq says, in that when you gave your wife the third talaq, then she is not halal for her husband in future. Till she marries somebody else, and marrying somebody else can't be for one week or one day or one hour. All that is haram, obviously. It must be a marriage for keeps. So once the husband has given his wife three talaq, then the Shafi'is, the Malikis, the Hamadlis, the Hanafis, all agree the three talaqs are valid, whether it was given at one time or whether it was given over a period of time. So you cannot remarry your wife, you cannot reconcile with her. It's all haram, irrespective if any person, organization is giving halal fatwas, it's totally haram. And that ask them, they'll tell you whoever it is, that what the four schools say, and they will admit that they say that all three talaks are valid. And the ayat I quoted is in Surah 2, Surah Baqarah, and verses 229 and 230. She can indeed. On to the next question. It says, can, can someone who is unable to stand and make salah but sit, can he lead a jama'ah in salah, Mufti? If the person cannot stand but is sitting and leading the prayer, then according to the Shafi'is, it is permissible whether he sits on the floor, on the ground and leads the people, or sits on a chair and leads the people. So both ways are permissible. However, according to the Hanafis, we need to explain a bit more. That it is permissible if that imam got a valid excuse, he can't stand, but he's sitting on the floor, but he makes the sizda on the ground properly like a normal person, then the people can follow him. But if he's sitting on a chair and he's making sizda just by signs and, you know, moving the body not on the ground, then according to Hanafis, you cannot follow that imam there in far salat or in jamaat salat. Shikanda Mufti, my wife was unfaithful to me and I gave my wife one talaq. Her idda period is complete. Is our talaq finalized or must I issue with her with uh, all three talaqs? I was taught uh, one talaq is good enough. Can Mufti please confirm? Yes, one talaq is good enough. Now the idda has expired. You and she are now totally strangers. She can marry whoever she wants to. You can marry whoever you want to. And now there should be no contact between the two of you because you are total strangers to one another. Going on to our next question, and of course, reminding you, you can send us your SMSs to the number 47913. That is 47913. Uh, Allah is our sustainer, and it is sad that people must see to them while he is on four months uh, it's explained to why why people go in this path. They go away for four months and they say Allah will provide for the family at home of Almighty Allah Azawajalla teaches us in the Noble Quran, Wama Minda Batin Fil Ardi Illa Alallah Iriskuha 
and there is no creation on this earth, but Almighty Allah has taken the responsibility upon Himself there to provide for them. Now, if a person goes out 40 days or 4 months in Jamaat or Tabliq, so that's good, but that does not mean we must shirk our responsibilities. You cannot go out in the path of Allah 40 days or 4 months and you leave nothing for your wife and your children and you say Allah will provide. That same Allah said also, لَيْسَ insani illa ma sa'a For human being there's nothing except for what he strives for. So it shows you have to look after the means also and make the means also. So brother, if you are doing that, you got the wrong understanding of Islam and then you are disgracing the noble work of Jamaat and Tabliq and so forth. So before you go out, you must make proper arrangements for your wife, for your children, whether it's 40 days or 4 months. And you can't just leave and just go and say Allah will provide. And now you got people will come there, they might take advantage of the situation, and one thing will lead to another. So definitely that is very short-sighted. Remember, it's quite easy if you've missed any of this particular questions or the program or you want someone to listen to the program that didn't listen, you go to our website, vocfm.co.za. You will see a banner there called Iona. You click on there and you will see Voices of Cape. All the programs will be on that particular website. So Q&A you will find there. All you need to do is you can basically download it, go to the date. You can either download it or just play it back and listen to it. That is how easy it is. Go to vocfm.co.za go to our owner and of course that is where you can download the program it should be on for at least i think by tomorrow it should be on inshallah well next question mufti it says my client owes me 1750 rand for services rendered to his car i've kept his car for nine months and he has not come forward i have costs for the vehicle storage too can you explain how i go about following the sharia for collecting what uh, is owed to me. Please, Mufti, but we'll get coming from Mufti after this. Well, we continue now with the program Q&A on The Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM and, of course, taking your SMSs on the number 47913. Going on to the question we posed, Mufti, before the break, it says, My client owes me 1,750 Rand for services rendered to his car. I've kept his car now for nine months and he has not come forward. I have costs for the vehicle storage too. Can you explain? How do I go about following the Sharia for collecting what is owed to me, Mufti? Obviously, you are entitled to the 1,750 for the services and whatever work you did to the car. And if he does not come to fetch his car and so forth, give him a last notice. And in fact, you can just tell the imam or somebody that if he's not going to come, then you're going to take the parts out from the car and then you will sell it and to recover your cost for whether it was for storage or whether it is for your debts and everything else. So one more try this time, just give him a written letter and tell the imam to draft it out and put his stem there. And then you can defray the cost because he does not want to come and settle his debts by you. Now, Mufti, what does uh, one do if the mother does not want the father to see his children? Obviously, that is haram in a case where there is talaq, divorce, or the couple are estranged to one another, and now whoever has the custody of the children or the child, the father or the mother, and they deprive the other one, no visitation, right? That is haram. That's exactly what Surah Muhammad, Surah 47, teaches us, verses 22, 23. 
in tawallaytum when you have authority and tufsidu fil ardi that you cause mayhem mischief on this earth wa tuqatti'u arhamakum and you sever the family ties you don't allow the father to see the children or the mother to see the children ulaikal ladina la'anahumullah Allah's curse is on such people fa sammahum wa a'ma absarahum Allah makes them spiritually deaf and spiritually blind Shukran. Now, Mufti, my stepson always tells me, you are not my father, you don't, and he is a Hafiz al-Quran, age 19, but he always disrespects me as, as his stepfather. Obviously, what he's doing is totally incorrect. That is correct that you are not his father, but that does not mean that he must throw it in your face all the time. You need to tell his or your wife, that is his biological mother, that the mother should explain to her son who's a Hafiz of Quran that this person that is you, the stepfather, you have done them a favor that you got married to the lady, she has children from other person, from her previous husband, and you have done a favor. So he should therefore be very grateful to you and treat you with respect instead of challenging you and trying to insult you. Quran Kareem states, Hal jazaul ihsan illa al-ihsan, that when someone does you a favor, you should repay that favor. And the hadith of Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam teaches us, Man lam yarham sagheerana wa lam yuwaqir kabeerana falaysa minna. People who don't have mercy on our young, they don't respect the elders, they are not of us. So what you are doing, young brother, is totally incorrect. You need to apologize to your stepfather. Shukran indeed. The voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein on the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. Can Mufti please explain the difference between Qasr Salah and Jam'a Salah and how the Hujjaj will be utilizing these two blessings, Mufti? When a person will go to Arafat, for example, so there you will make Jama'a Salat. So you will read Zohar and Asr in Zohar time. So that is Jama'a Salat. You will read Maghrib and Isha in Muzdalifa and in that one time and one after the other. So that is Jama. Jama means to combine. Then a person, some of them, they read Qasr Salat. So Qasr Salat means that you don't read four rakats for Zohar, for Asr and Isha, but you read two rakats. So Qasr means to shorten the prayer. Normally, if a person is a musafir, a traveler, so now I come to Cape Town for two, three days the weekend, and I'm reading Salat in the hotel or in the house, so I read two rakats for Zohar or Asr or Isha, so that you call Qasr. Qasr means to make short, and Jama means to combine the Zohar and Asr, or you combine the Maghrib and Isha. Shukran indeed. Now, Mufti, is it permissible for non-Mahram men or women to kiss or touch the face of a deceased person at a janaza? Definitely not permissible. The janaza is a male, then the male can touch and kiss the person on the forehead, but females cannot touch that disease unless they are the mahram. That person, you know, is their brother or their father or something, so he's a mahram for them, then it's different. But if it's a strange person, then they cannot touch or kiss nothing, all that will be haram. Then, Mufti, uh, is it true that uh, I heard that you cannot perform akika on Eid al-Adha on the particular day of Eid? Uh, I heard that you can't do this. Why is this not possible? No, definitely what you heard is incorrect. It's totally permissible. Let's say, for example, Eid al-Adha takes place on a Wednesday like this year. Now, most probably, it will be Wednesday in South Africa. 
and now you want to make the atika of your son or daughter and you do it is totally permissible so much so even this is permissible you bought a cow and now in the cow you got five shares so there's two shares left because the cow there's seven shares so you say that for your son or your grandson now you're taking the two shares from that cow so the others are doing it for udhiyah for qurban purposes but you are doing it for for atika so you can combine that also in that cow all that is permissible Indeed. Now, Mufti, a husband has talaqed his wife. They live in the, in the same house. He has given clear instruction to the wife the minute the Idda period is finished that she needs to leave. She doesn't have a place to go yet. Can this be extended? Would that be good etiquette to at least allow her for another few months until she has a place of her own, Mufti? If the house belongs to the husband and not the wife, and now the Idda is about to finish after one week or two weeks, then the wife has to move out after that because now the husband is not responsible anymore and it's dangerous to stay there as well because one thing could lead to another. So what you should do, sister, is go to your parents or your brother's place or uncle's place and in that way there that they can take care of you till you sort your life out. But you cannot continue staying there because after the that you are total strangers to one another. Shukran indeed. Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein on the Voice of the Cape answering all of the questions. Remember, as I said uh, right from the beginning, we're not taking any calls this evening, but we are taking your SMSs on the number 47913. That is 47913. If we are unable to deal with the question this evening, it will carry over for the next program, inshallah. What we're going to do is quickly go to the marketplace. When we come back, uh, we continue with Q&A on 91.3 FM. Welcome back uh, to the airways of uh, the Voice of the Cape, 91. FM and of course uh, on the line Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein with myself Muhammad Zain Majid still taking your uh, questions via SMS on the number 47913 that is 47913 um, going on to the next question of this one is uh, Salam Allah gave permission to men to take two three and four wives if by the means why do the first wife always object Mufti Obviously, you know that the woman feels that she was married to this person and now she will have to share this husband. And you know that in Arabic we have a makula, a proverb, a saying, when you have two wives or more, it means, then normally they don't agree, they don't see eye to eye. So therefore, you know, now there's like a conflict situation. This husband will tell the first wife, I love the second wife, or tell the second wife, I love the first wife. So therefore, Islam gave permission for that, but the biggest condition is justice, and we must face the reality, 90%, 80% of the Muslim men today do not make true justice. So therefore, always look at Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verse 3, for in khiftum Allah ta'dilu, when you fear you cannot do justice, then rather have one wife only. That's what Quran is teaching us. Indeed. Now, Mufti, next question reads as follows. It says, my heart really yearns to go for hajj. I am not old at all, but I just don't have the rizik, the money, the ability to save. Please give me some advice or dua. What can I do? Every day you can perform hajj, my dear mother, my dear brother. How can you do that? Remember, you perform your Fajr Salat 
And thereafter, you continue with your zikr, your tilawat of Quran, and your du'a. Then 12, 15, 16 minutes after sunrise, you read two rakat salat, and then you make du'a, surah 2, surah Baqarah, verse 128. And remember that you say, Ya Allah, take me to Baytullah, wa arina manasikana wa tubalaina in the rahim. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, when a person reads Fajr and thereafter makes Zikr and after sunrise, now it means 10, 15, 12, 16 minutes, 20 minutes, you read two rakats, you get the reward, Umratun wa Hajjatun Tamma, Tamma, Tamma. Three times Nabi Alayhi Salam said, so the Hadith in Tirmidhi, you get the reward of Umrah and Hajj completely. So start dead mother, sister, brother, and inshallah, after a few years, that you will go for Hajj also, inshallah. I mean, inshallah. Now, Mufti is becoming a hafiz for everyone. How do we identify within our children at a young age that they should become hafiz al-Quran? You as a father, you as a mother should diversify. Islam does not say that every son and every daughter must become a hafiz. So the one who is the most intelligent, according to you, you should give them all the raghba and you must remember the encouragement. And on Thursday nights, the night of Jumu'ah, so you know the night comes first. So after Maghrib, after Isha, as a father, mother, you read Surah Yasin and Surah Dukhan, Surah 44, and Surah Alif Lamim, Sazda, Surah Tabarak, the four surahs, and make dua, Ya Allah, the son of mine, Zakaria, Yahya, Isa, make them hafiz, make one of them hafiz. These daughters of mine, Fatima, Zainab, Jamila, Ya Allah, make one of them a hafizah. So in that way, Allah will accept your dua and at least one son or one daughter will become a hafiz, inshallah. Now, Mufi, is it true that uh, if you recite the Surah Waqiyah after Maghrib every night, you will never become poor? Definitely, the hadith mentioned by Abdullah the Mas'ud, radiallahu an. Then Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Lam tusibhu faqa. Then poverty will not reach those people. So after Maghrib, try and read Surah Waqiyah, and Allah will give you abundant risk, inshallah. This question uh, says, uh, that came through on 47913. It says, Mufti, often we talk about the unseen. Doesn't jinn also form part of the unseen? But why is it that some people claim that they see certain things? What is it then that they see, Mufti? Remember that Yu'minuna bil ghayb, we believe in the unseen. We never saw Jannat, we never saw Jahannam, we never saw Almighty Allah. So all that is unseen. Jinn are also unseen. And read Surah 72. You will find the whole story about the Jinn day in Chapter 72 of the Noble Quran. Remember the Quran Kareem tells us about the jinn and shaitan. You cannot see them. So most of the time you can't see them. Sometimes Allah wants to show a person that's different. But 99% of us, we haven't seen a jinn. I'm sure you also haven't seen a jinn. I also haven't seen a jinn. So that is for 99% of the people. Shikha Mufti. Now we find often sometimes at weddings or certain functions, they they have places for uh, salah facilities as well. But sometimes it's not where the men and women can stand close to each other. However, when the women stand separate, uh, is it better for one person to lead the salah for the women, uh, uh, a lady, or is it better for women to each one individually perform their own salah, Mufti? When there is a function, a wedding, or walima, or what have you, the organizers of that function should make sure that there is no masjid nearby or whatever, then they make arrangements for salat. 
and then the men can read, and then the women can read. The men will read with Jamaat. The women, remember, if they read with Jamaat, also is permissible according to the Shafi'is. The lady will just go in front, few steps, two, three steps, and then the women will stand behind her, and then they can make Jamaat Salat. And if they read separately, individually, so that's also fine. According to Hanafis, the ladies must read separately, individually. They cannot read their Salat in Jamaat, the ladies, according to the Hanafi school. Inshallah. Now, Mufti, is it uh, going on to the next question? It says, Is it permissible for a male to lead the salah for a female colleague at work as they are the only two performing salah at work? Or is this haram? Remember, this is not permissible. First, they will be praying, P R A Y, and then they'll be praying, P R E Y, you know? So that is not permissible. Mustafa said, La yakhluwanna rajulun bimra'atin. There are two separate individuals, one male, one female. They are strangers to one another. They will go read Salat in a private place. And the third party there will be Shaitan. So definitely not permissible to do that. Shikran indeed. Next question, a mother wants to know. She says, what is good practice? Often I find sometimes that my children won't even be in contact with me for more than a week, not even a phone call or SMS or nothing. What is good practice? It makes me sad, Mufti. Obviously, it means that the children are now neglecting their beloved mother and the father if the father is alive. So you need to bring this to their notice the next time you meet them or they phone you. You must tell them that, you know, when I'm not here, then you will regret. So take all the duas, all my sons, all my daughters, take the duas now of the beloved parents. Everything in life is replaceable. But remember, a beloved mother, a beloved father is not replaceable. So therefore, you must educate them, and in that way, you make the Islam and bring about reform in them. Shukran indeed. Now, Mufti, what is the etiquette when a person makes dua? A lot of people say that you need to recite salawat first before you actually beg Allah for anything. Remember, Mustafa taught us the methodology of making dua in the hadith in Tirmidhi. First, you praise Almighty Allah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. That's the easy one everybody knows. Thereafter, salawat and durood upon Nabiul Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa And then we beg Almighty Allah when we're out of salat in any language, we can then ask and beg Allah in English, African, Zulu, whatever, Urdu. And fourth thing, remember that keep our hands up till the chest and let the tub fingertips face the Qibla and beg Allah. We are beggars in front of Allah. Udu'u rabbakum tadarru Beg of Almighty Allah and make dua with humility, wa and softly. We don't have to scream and shout when we are making dua. We need to show that we are beggars and we want to take from the treasures of Almighty Allah. Jalla Mufti, are we as Muslims allowed to eat duck? Yes, duck is totally permissible according to all four schools, so we should not duck the issue. <laughs> she can indeed the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM, taking your uh, SMSs via 47913. All you do is simply type in your question and SMS it to 47913. And a reminder, as I mentioned earlier on, that uh, you can get, if you've missed the entire program or you need, want someone to listen to this particular program, it's very convenient. You go to vocfm.co.za. There's a banner there, a link. Click on the Iona FM. You 
you go to Voice of the Cape on there, and then, of course, you will see the program Q&A. You look at the date. You can either download it, send someone the link, or just listen to it. That is how easy it is. Mufti, if I've missed out on my Dhur, Asr, and Maghrib Salah, and I came home just before Aisha, I've got a few minutes because I worked late before the waqt of Aisha is going to be in. What would be the sequence that I need to perform my Salah? Obviously, you must realize that missing Salat is a major, major sin, and sometimes we can land up in Jahannam, Allah forbid. The Quran Kareem says, Ma salakakum fi saqar. What made you walk and go into Jahannam? Qalu lam nakum in muswalleen. We shouldn't read Salat. Work, whatever it is, none of this is a valid excuse in Islam. So every work of Salat and every Salat time, Salat must be read. We cannot be missing Salat. Remember, we say no work or dust and that. All these are feeble excuses and not valid in Islam. But in this situation, what you need to do is repent and beg Almighty Allah for forgiveness and make sure it does not happen in future. And then you read the Qaza of Zohar, the four rakats, then four rakats of Asr, three rakats of Maghrib, and thereafter you read the Isha. That will be the best thing for you to do. Next question, inshallah, that came in via SMS. It says, it's so sad that even our Muslims, they are Muslim, they believe in the Kalima and still they argue about inheritance. What is it? Isn't it that clear that Allah says what each person must get in the family when someone passes away, Mufti? 100% we agree with you, brother, sister. The shares of the heirs are enshrined and mentioned in a noble Quran. Open Surah 4, Surah Nisa, verses 7 to 14, and you will find everything there. But the problem is the love for wealth is so intense. So the executor or the heir or the elder brother or whoever, they want to steal. Hallelujah. And steal. So because money is sweeter than honey, you see, that is where the problem comes. And Quran makes reference to this. Human being is very ungrateful of Allah because he loves the money and the wealth too much excessively. So imagine this human weakness and greed it is that our own brother, our own sister, our own mother, we steal their shares and usurp their rights. Absolutely haram. Mufti, what should be the advice that a ulama or alims should leave you on a Friday? Should it be current affairs or should it be something that the community really needs to know? Should that be part of his khutbah? The best thing for the imam, the sheikh to do on a Friday is that he should bring in some aspect of current affairs because Islam is not only about history and geography. We must address the current issues as well. And secondly, he must remind the people of the year after, and he can do that towards the ending. And third thing, he must show the people that our solution is always in Islam. So people in this day and this age don't become despondent and disillusioned. We can see how many questions we are getting in our Q&A. Somebody becomes a murtad, some daughter, sister becomes a murtadda, they go out of the fall of Islam. Allah forbid, in their mind, they feel that Islam cannot be solution for their problem, hence they leave. So these are the three factors, very important. Number one, that address the current affairs. Number two is this, always add something about the year after to leave that also in the mind of people. And third, always
always emphasize that we have the best and that is Islam. So we must live with Islam and die with Islam and not go out of the fall of Islam and Allah forbid become a murtad and apostate Allah forbid. You can hear the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadir Husseini on 91.3 FM. Until our next question, it says that we're a couple. We've been married for seven years now, Mufti. Really long to be parents. We've tried everything. What advice or dua can you give us so that we can also, inshallah, one day become parents? MashaAllah, you are trying everything. So you try what the Quran Karim states, Surah 21, Surah Anbiya, verse 89, the dua of Nabi Zakaria alayhi salam. Both of you, husband, wife, read it. Surah 21, verse 89. Rabbi la tazarni farda. O Almighty Allah, don't leave me alone. Wa anta khairul warithin. And you are the best one to grant the aids. Second one, brother, sister, husband, wife. They read abundant istighfar. If you can wake up at the hajjud time, suhoor time, it's good. Otherwise, any time. Quran says the pious people wabil asharihum yastaghfirun. At sahri time, suhoor time, they make istighfar. And when a person, nation makes istighfar, yumdidukum bi amwal yu wabaneen, Quran says, Allah will bless you with wealth and Allah will bless you with children. And third one, brother, that if you feel that, you know, nothing is happening the conventional way, and if you do the IVF, that is, you know, your sperm, the husband's sperm, and the wife's egg, so as a last, last resort, so that also is permissible. Indeed, Mufti. Next SMS, it says, has Mufti ever heard about the Daru Taj? Apparently, it's a very good salutation to recite upon the Prophet Wasallam. It's called Durud Taj. Taj means a crown. We must remember two issues here. Almighty Allah Jalla wa Allah commands us to read Salawat Durud upon Nabi Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Surah 33, verse 56. Inna Allah wa malaikatahu yuswalluna ala nabi. Verily, Almighty Allah and His angels descend Salawat salutations upon Nabi Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya yuwalladzina amanu, swallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima. So, oh, you believe, you also read the salat and salam upon Nabiul Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So, Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam taught us how to read. Allahumma swalli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad kama swallayta ala Ibrahim wa ala ali Ibrahim innaka hamidun majid. So this is what Nabi alayhi salam taught us. Now you have Durud-e-Taj, Durud-e-Lakki, Durud-e-Nariya, Durud-Durud. These are all man-made, which people have made. So remember that it is best we leave that out and we read that which the Quran teaches us and the Hadith of Nabi alayhi salatu salam taught us. Shikan indeed, the voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And of course, uh, Shikan to all your SMSs that came through. Remember, if we cannot answer everything this evening, it will send over. We'll deal with it in our next program. For now, what we're going to do is pay the bills. When we come back, we'll take a few more co- uh, questions. And of course, also take some beautiful dasikha from Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Welcome back to the airways of the Voice of the Cape 91.3 FM. And we're into the last few minutes of our program. We're Q&A with the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussein. Mufti, I believe that people compare going early to Juma is the best for us. What would be early? Would it be at 12 o'clock or even sitting in the mosque if you can by half past 11 in the morning already? If a person, mashallah, is not working and he can go early to the masjid, so if he goes up past 11, 12 o'clock, quarter past 12, the Azan normally day goes quarter to one or so in Cape Town or one o'clock, 
So that's excellent. Mustafa said the person who comes first in the masjid on the Jumu'ah Friday is like one who slaughtered, you know, a camel, and the second one like a cow, and the third one like a goat, sheep, and so forth. So Mustafa is encouraging us to go early to the masjid, especially on a Friday, and Quran Kareem states, فَاسْتَبِكُ khairat In good things, you must make sabqat, you must rush and do quick, quick. So yes, the earlier you go, the Next question comes from a very upset father. He says uh, his wife, or rather his daughter, wants to get married to a gentleman that's 12 years older than her. He's been married before. He's got two children as well. However, him and his wife is not in agreement with this because his wife is saying it's fine. But I, the father, is very upset because I don't want to see my daughter get hurt, Bufti. 100% 100% I concur with you, Father, I agree with you. Sometimes, I don't say all the time, but sometimes some women are very emotional. They're not thinking properly. So she now wants to get married to this man here who was married before. He divorced his wife. He's got children. Why you want to complicate your life, sister? You must listen to your father, and you cannot get married to that person there, and you must sever all ties with that person. You do that for the pleasure of Allah. Listen to your father and see how much barakah, blessing Allah will give you. Very soon, inshallah, Allah will send the Prince Charming for you, and then you will get married to that person with the blessings and duas of your father and mother. I mean, inshallah. Well, next question says, uh, gentlemen, says, if I sit in the mosque and I'm listening to a lecture and while sitting, I uh, fell asleep, but I'm just sitting flat on my behind and I wake up again in the next few minutes knowing that I fell asleep, should I take it that I still have wudu, Mufti? Your wudu is still valid because you were sitting on your posterior, you were sitting there on your buttocks, so no wind and no air came out, so your wudu is valid. So if you don't make wudu and you continue, your salat is valid. But if you feel that you're going to catch more fish, you know, as we say, you can buy a first fang and all the snookies and others, and you want to freshen up, so it's better you just go make a fresh wudu and come back, although your wudu is not broken. Shikran indeed. Uh, of course, the voice of Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain, uh, we're going to probably squeeze in maybe another two or three questions this evening. And then, of course, we'll end off with a nasiha from the Honorable Mufti Abdul Qadr Hussain. This question says, Mufti, why is it that people still claim today that they see UFOs? Is it possible that there could be UFOs? Wouldn't have been in the Quran if it if it was out there? Obviously, Almighty Allah, Jalla wa Allah, sometimes sends His signs and symbols. I give you example, my brother. You read Surah Yasin, and Surah Yasin is chapter thirty-six. Now go to the chapter after that, Surah thirty-seven, Surah Waswafat. And read the first 10, 11 verses. You know that the Shayateen, they had free access, free visa up and down is to go. When Mustafa Nabi Muhammad came and the advent took place, so then they could not get the free visa and free access upstairs. So they used to steal. You must remember the information. So a burning fire would come, like they call a falling star. So all that, now a person is someplace in a jungle or wherever, he sees this. So what will he say? He will say he saw UFO or whatever it is. So remember, many times Almighty Allah shows us things, or some people see it to show and make manifest His absolute power. 
Chicken indeed. And final question for this evening, Mufti. It says, uh, we find that there's a lot of abuse, emotional abuse these days going on because the world has opened up for women. And we find, especially in South Africa, women are getting better job opportunities than men these days. And we find because of that particular status, their husbands in turn don't like this and they emotionally abuse women. Some advice for the men out there, Mufti. You need to address the situation both ways. Look at it Islamically, Islamically that the father is responsible for his daughter from the time of birth till she gets married, and from the time of marriage till death the husband is responsible. Yes, I agree with you in South Africa and many other countries, job opportunities have really increased for the ladies, but you can't stop there, my dear brother, sister. You need to add with that the harassment, the rape, and all that, the amount of abortion, all that has also increased with it. So always remember that when you want to study something, analyze something, then you cannot just look at it partially and selectively. You need to look at it holistically. So was it a good thing that we took the women out from the homes and told them go and work everywhere? And now we find that so many divorces and the children are neglected and drugs and duck and duck and all these things are going on. So all these are things that we live in an abnormal society. The men are very, very guilty because they are not giving their wives what they are entitled to. And they want they, some of them want the wives to work so they can pay the water lights or rental. That's also wrong. All expenses in marriage must be borne by the husband and the father. And remember, you can't make your wife a milking cow, you know. So all these are issues that need to be addressed and redressed. But we must always promote and project the Islamic perspective. Inshallah. Shikhan, indeed. Mufti, that then concludes all our questions this evening for Q&A. Shikhan, to each and everyone for SMSing us your questions. And do remember, if uh, your question wasn't uh, asked this evening, because it will send over for the next program, Alhamdulillah, we've seen quite a few SMSs. Uh, Mufti, that leaves us with about four minutes for some beautiful nasiha, inshallah. Alhamdulillah, with the help and mercy of all, Allah, Jalla wa ala, we are approaching that season again. In few weeks' time or so, we will be celebrating Eid al-Adha. My dear brother, my dear sister, I want each one of you, the esteemed listener of Voice of the Cape, it is the shortest surah and chapter of the Noble Quran, surah number 10808, surah Kawthar. I will just give you a brief commentary on it. Inna ka. Indeed, we have given you, O Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, al-Kawthar. I'm just breaking up the words. Al-Kawthar means the plural of kathir, abundant good. Everything that's good, we have given you in abundance. So that includes the house of the fountain of Kawthar, and everything else. For li Rabbik, hence read the Eid Salat, Eid Al-Adha Salat, one har and then slaughter. Nahar means to slaughter the camel. When you slaughter the camel, the camel will remain standing and you fasten the one leg. And when you slaughter the goat, sheep, cow, then it is lying on the floor. That is called Zabah, Antazbahu Baqara, as mentioned in the Quran. Now each one of us should try that we make the Qurban and slaughter the animal, the Udhiyah. 
Mustafa informed the Sahaba, they asked, adahi, ya Rasulullah, what is this Qurbani all about? Mustafa said, Hiya sunnatu abikum Ibrahim. It is the way of your spiritual father, Khalilullah Ibrahim salam. Now the Sahaba asked, Ya Rasulullah, wa ma'lana fiha? What reward will we get? So Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Bikulli sharatin hasana, that we will get the reward of every hair on that animal, we get one, one reward, thousands of rewards. So if, according to the Shafi'is, you can't do it, everyone, the brother, sister, husband, wife, so at least per family, do one goat or one sheep. So in that way, there, mashallah, we revive the spirit of Ibrahim, alayhi salatu salam, Nabi Ismail, alayhi salam, and we even get meat in that, one-third for us, one-third for our family and friends, and one-third we give to the poor and needy. Remember, according to the Shafi'i scholars, you cannot give the Qurbani meat to non-Muslims. Hanafi say you can give it to non-Muslims also. So that's an academic discussion. But see, the Qur'an is telling us to make this Qurbani and slaughter. Mustafa received Kawthar, so we also will get a share of that, inshallah. And people who are against Islam, against Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, see what Almighty Allah says, Inna shani'aka huwal abtar. Verily, the one who hates you, Ya Rasulullah, they oppose you, he will be crushed, he will be cut off, they will be decimated. So, yeah, Almighty Allah is giving us so much motivation, inspiration. And remember, we should not fall for the threats of the enemies. We are Muslims, we belong to the greatest Nabi and Messenger of all time and all places. Rahmatulil Alameen. Take this message of rahmah and mercy to all parts of the world. Hence, we will make the qurbani to come closer to Almighty Allah and imitate Nabi Ibrahim salam and Nabi Muhammad Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wasallam. May Almighty Allah accept our Ameen. qurbani and sacrifices. May Almighty Allah give us all a wonderful Eid al-Adha and may Almighty Allah unite the ummah, unite our hearts. Jazakallah khairan to you, Brother Muhammad Zain, the entire team of Voice of the Cape, and all the esteemed listeners. Make special dua for us as well. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Afwan, and as always, Mufti Abdul Qadir Hussain, we say a big shukran to you. Allah protect and guide you. And of course, uh, knowing that you will once again be performing Hajj this year, Allah protect and grant you a Hajj that is makbul and mabroor, inshallah. Ameen, and ameen, always ameen. may you be inspiration for the Hujaj when you come back. Share that beautiful stories with us as well. Until the next time, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi. Wa barakatuh. Wa alaykum salam wa rahmatullahi.